When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. Thanks for joining us. It is always game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are talking Browns, and it doesn't matter when, whether it's June, May, or the middle of January, we are talking about this football team. And there is so much still to talk about this week as we get into the money game and what's going on with your Cleveland Browns as far as cap space, what they're spending, how they're spending, and, man, I would love to have Jimmy Haslam's checkbook and just go to the mall for a couple hours because that sounds fun to me. Daryl, David Njoku signs a deal. Uh, he's no longer franchised. He's been extended. And what does this mean for this team? And what's the deal? Yeah, Njoku is going to be a top-five paid uh, tight end, and the uh, the National Football League gets at least $28 million, uh, guaranteed uh, money coming his way, a little over $56 million in total. An average of uh, just over fourteen million dollars per year. So good money if you can get it. Great gig for Najoku, uh, who has yet to play like a top five tight end in the NFL, but he's going to be paid like it. And uh, the Browns obviously view him uh, in that light. This is a player a couple of years ago, as we all remember, wanted out of here, <laughs> requested a trade, then rescinded the trade. Uh, ultimately ended up getting franchised uh, this year after they failed to come to terms, and then uh, they go ahead and they they get this contract extension done. But you're 100% right. Would love to have Jimmy Haslam's uh, checkbook. Not uh, sure how much is left in the bank account because he's been writing a lot of checks involving a lot of dollars and a lot of zeros this offseason. But add David Njoku to the list of players who got paid by the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Daryl, let's go through Njoku's story here in Cleveland because I think you brought that uh, you brought up the part about, you know, he wanted to get traded, 
now we find him in a in a position where he's going to be here long term. I, I think part of that, and I'll see if you agree or not, is that this is a system that you would love to be a tight end in. Uh, Kevin Stefanski loves utilizing the tight end. There's no question about it. How many times do we th- see the three tight end? Uh, situation. I do wonder, though, with Deshaun Watson coming into the fold, if the tight end's role will be what it is. And and you also have two quality, unbelievable running backs. And, um, you know, and I, I just – I wonder how much of this is timing for David Njoku because Kevin Stefanski is the head coach, because Kevin relies on the tight end so much. And now it seems like they're pairing back to, hey, let's have one star – tight end rather than paying for a couple so where does that where does that flow into the mix of 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 Kevin Stefanski in the offense well I think Joku benefits uh, from right place at the right time um, I, I don't see them going with this three tight end offense going forward uh, partially because they brought in uh, Deshaun Watson that has always been one of my uh, arguments if the tight end is so valuable then why do none of them really explode uh, and put up the dynamic production for you uh, and the response that I always got from the Browns was well if you take uh, the the position group and you put the numbers together you end up with those uh, elite numbers Um They've got to use Najoku now, right? I mean, if they're going to pay him this kind of money, which yeah. it's not my money. I, 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 you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell fans this is a bad deal for the Cleveland Browns or it's a good deal. Uh, I think ultimately if he does what they are projecting him, because that's what this contract's about, Andy, is this is his pure projection on the part of the Cleveland Browns. And, and the hope is, you know, similar to the Miles Garrett a contract extension that he got a couple of years ago, five years, $125 million. Uh, he changed his agents uh, this off season, right? And he, right. he'll he be entering the first year of this new extension. So does that mean that Miles Garrett's going to be looking for a restructure here uh, rather yeah. soon and, and, and more money? I don't know, but I do find it curious that Garrett changed agents this off season and he's going into just year one. Uh, of that extension, which will be uh, this year. But, you know, when that contract was signed at the time, it was a record deal uh, for a defender. And then a couple of weeks later, that got wiped out and superseded, which is often the case in the NFL. And I think that that's obviously going to happen with Njoku here. Down the road, uh, if he does what the team projects him to, we're going to look at this contract as a bargain. The other part of this, too, is is the salary cap is expected to blow up. So I, I know a lot of fans are, are living in the fear of, you know, how the, the Browns cap all of a sudden is going to become very, very tight. Right now, not an issue. They have plenty of room and uh, salary cap space to burn, uh, and this particular contract should do very little to impact that. But as we go forward here, we get into 2024, 2025, 2026, things potentially could get tight. But as uh, I often remind fans, the salary cap is a myth. It's like fairy dust in the wind. And if you've got a good capologist, you can always uh, manipulate that. But, yeah, to me, this contract is all about a projection about where he uh, they expect him to be 
you know, 148 total catches for just under 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns over five seasons with the Browns. Those numbers don't jump off the page. But when you watch what he has the ability to do physically for you, and that is dominate in the red zone, this contract makes total sense. Now it's on Kevin Stefanski to use him in those key situations. I think sometimes we forget that David Njoku was, what, just 19 years old when he was drafted and that we'd hoped that he would emerge, but we did know, I, like, I, my expectations for him were were decent but not through the roof when he first came into the league. And I just, like, I remember having this conversation with Bernie Kosar about how excited he was about David Njoku coming up from Miami and understanding, you know, the system that obviously Bernie had grown up in and and – and watching him and, and how much attention uh, how much attention he had paid to the Hurricanes and and where we are to bring Ninjoku in and then to watch him you know kind of not be what I, I I don't I don't know do I want him to be Travis Kelsey do you want him to be George Kittle what I mean what should the realistic expectations be moving forward and the Browns with this contract to me put him in the same light or near those guys as having expectations of being a top five top 10, Daryl, tight end in the league? I, I, What should the expectation be moving forward? Yeah, I, I mean, if they're going to pay him in that fashion, then I think it's fair for those expectations to be in that ballpark as well. And um, uh, again, they are, I think, making a projection, not only a financial projection here, Andy, but uh, with Njoku, himself uh you know his most productive season came in year two the 2018 season he had 56 catches for uh just under 640 uh, yards he's caught four touchdowns his career high uh, in a season three times did that as a rookie followed it up uh his sophomore year and then of course uh this past season uh, as well uh he averages around 11 yards uh, per reception um he had that uh, incredible uh, catch and run for uh, a touchdown uh, last season as well uh, that went for over 80 yards. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they need to use him the same way that Travis Kelsey is used, the way we've seen Rob Gronkowski get used. And that means uh, on uh, third downs in the red zone, finding him, uh, in the back corner, the back line uh, of the end zone because of his athleticism and his physical uh, stature. Uh, so, uh, you know, fans will look at just his production numbers and they'll roll their eyes and, and, and say, yeah, he, he's not an elite player at his position. And from a, a production standpoint, absolutely. I mean, you, you, there's, there's no evidence to argue <laughs> against that when you look at his numbers. But my counter-argument is, well, it's not like he's gotten a whole lot of opportunities as well. And that's, I think, what has to change now uh, within this offense is they just, they've got to feed him, right? They're going to feed Amari Cooper. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to get some uh, opportunity. Anthony Schwartz in the past game. David Bell. You know, th- those are basically going to be your your four or five guys getting the top touches in your passing game. And then, oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about 
using the running backs in the passing game just yet. So there are now a lot of options here uh, for Deshaun Watson. And I also think that you're now finding out why Andrew Berry didn't go out and get another veteran to play receiver because they have now committed to Njoku and has signaled that this guy is now a cornerstone piece to our offense going forward. It is interesting to look at the stats going into last year and how they're going to play into next year. Uh, you know, if if Amari Cooper takes over the Jarvis Landry spot, or you hope that he takes over more than that, Jarvis Landry had 52 receptions last year. Your next two uh, guys, uh, leaders in receptions, are Austin Hooper and David Njoku from last year. So you're, you're two and you're three as far as receptions or tight ends last year, and not wild. So we'll see how that plays out with Deshaun Watson as he's able to distribute the ball, and I believe we all think that he'll be able to distribute the ball much better than Baker Mayfield was able to. You're listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. We love having you on board. When we come back, I talked about the checkbook when the show opened. Man, how can the Browns continue, continue, continue to spend and what kind of results do those mean? What are they buying with that cash in the checkbook? All right, more of this. It's always game day in Cleveland coming up. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to be a part of the show, at game day, C-L-E. At game day, C-L-E. Daryl, um, you know, you look at the money and you see what the, the Browns are doing here and you're wondering, man, how are they doing this? Are they writing checks that are going to um, – cause problems in the future so um where are they with this especially after signing Njoku um this last week and and how much money they've been you know just dishing out left and right to Sean Watson it's it's hard not to look at this and go man they got a lot of money yeah they do it's it's good to have uh, Jimmy Haslam's deep pockets uh you know you can say a lot of things about the Cleveland Browns as far as the results that they've gotten over the years on the field uh, under the the Haslam ownership, but one thing you can never say is that the the Haslams are cheap when it comes to their payroll. You know, last season they outspent everybody uh, in the National Football League and did not make the playoffs. And this year they are on pace again to outspend everybody uh, in the NFL once again. And uh, you got to think at some point uh, the, the Haslams are going to want some return on their investment, and when I say return on their investment, uh, that means uh, wins. Um, but uh, this offseason alone, they have committed uh, well over $360 million in guaranteed money, signing bonus money alone, right? Th- these are, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, signing on the dotted line here. Here's a check for you. Signing bonus money alone, Andy, over $80 million in cash this offseason in signing bonus. Uh, just a, a, an incredible uh, offseason spending spree by Andrew Barry uh, and, and the Browns. It, it really is. Um, I, I just... I can't fathom having $80 in my wallet, let alone writing right. checks for $80 million. <laughs> That's a lot of zeros, baby. And a lot of those dollar bills went to Deshaun Watson, who got nearly uh, $45 million from the Browns to uh, uh, to sign here. 
as far as a signing bonus goes. Denzel Ward, of course, the other former draft pick. And I guess this is another positive here. Uh, the Browns drafted David Njoku. You mentioned he was 19 years old, 19, 20 years old when they drafted him out of the U. It was just his second year uh, at the position. He was a first-round pick, 29th overall, but drafted as a developmental player. And, and you're right, we, we forget uh, a lot of that. But uh, Denzel Ward, of course, uh, selected fourth overall uh, in the uh, 2018 draft, got the big uh, $100 million a contract extension from the Browns, $20 million of that came in a signing bonus. They gave around $8 million in signing bonus to Jadavian Clowney. Uh, and you might wonder why the signing bonuses are so big. And the answer is simple because for computation purposes of the salary cap, you can spread that signing bonus over the, the length of the contract. So uh, basically... Uh, for some quick, easy math for you, Denzel, let's take Denzel Ward, right? Uh, you know, five-year right. uh, contract, he got a $20 million signing bonus. That means only $4 million uh, of that counts against the salary cap this year. So uh, his cap hit for this year is only $5 million. Meanwhile, the Browns will write over $21 million in checks to him okay his base salary is a million and this is where so many got it wrong about Deshaun Watson and trying to say that the Browns intentionally structured his contract in a way that prevented him from suffering much financial penalty for uh, a suspension and and while it might look that way on the surface it's a very lazy take but th because this is how the organization historically structures their big contracts the base salary ends up being like a veteran minimum around a million bucks and everything else comes right. in a signing bonus and the reason for that is so that they could spread that out over the length of the contract Jadavian Clowney's contract that they gave him which he can make up to uh, 11 million dollars uh including his uh, performance bonuses right well uh, of the the base money that he got, of the guaranteed money he got, they gave him $8 million in signing bonus, and then they added a bunch of voidable years. I think they added four voidable years, if my memory serves me correctly, onto his contract, and that is so that they could pay him $10, 11000000 million in cold, hard cash, but his cap hit for this year is only like $3.5 bucks. See, this is NFL accounting 101 for you. So that is why they are able to spend this kind of money in cash but maintain this salary cap space. Now, let's be honest about it. As you get deeper into some of these multi-year deals, right, that cap space is going to start to disappear rather quickly. But for accounting purposes right now, they got plenty of room uh, to play with. And again, remember, you get to roll over your unused uh, cap space. That is, I think, one of my favorite features of the collective bargaining agreement, Andy, is the rollover feature uh, that they put in place after 2011. Any unused cap space, you get to roll over so you can spend even more. And a big reason that was done is to allow teams more ability to spend cash because the whole purpose is, is to put cash in veteran players' pockets. 
because it used to be all the rookies would come in and make the money and only your superstar players would get the money. Well, now what you've seen over the last decade or so in the NFL is the rookies have a set wage scale and now these veteran players uh, like David Njoku are able to get their piece of the pie. Yeah, a lot of that was set up by Joe Banner, who spent time here in Cleveland. That you know, they a lot of people said one of the rewards for Banner coming up with some of this this rookie cap that was there was for them to kind of hook him up with Jimmy Haslam and for him to come in here and be you know one of the the leaders of the Browns franchise. So it is interesting to see how that has changed and how that is implemented right now with the way that rookies get paid and the way veterans get paid. Although, Daryl, I do think one of the things that happened with Deshaun Watson and all this money is that the NFL found themselves in a position or finds themselves now in a position where if you've got the cash and you're willing to put it in the escrow account by giving guaranteed money, that you're going to be a game changer. I mean, NBA and, and Major League Baseball have always been doing this, right, because of guaranteed money. Now the Haslams have completely pushed the envelope on giving away guaranteed money that's got to be sitting there in cash in escrow like I don't see how some of the owners that are living day to day like you know when Art Modell owned the team you know it was his 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 sole provider of income and it was you know one of the reasons why he ended up having to move the team to Baltimore one because he was a complete idiot and two um, because he needed the cash and wanted to hang on to his franchise for his son who never ended up with the team anyway so sorry about getting my soapbox there for a little bit but I just I look at it and I wonder when you put the pressure on the way the Haslam's did by giving guaranteed money by having to put that money in the escrow account what that's going to do to some of the owners that don't have as much money like I I think it's going to push some guys out there's gonna, there are going to be owners that can't afford to have these teams anymore I think it's just set up an entirely new paradigm for what's happening Mike Brown is in trouble I think in Cincinnati based on this kind of movement. How is he going to be able to compete by keeping Joe Burrow? It's going to have to be a lot of hometown discounts and a lot of faith between ownership and players. You can either have faith or you can have hard-cold cash, and the Browns have the hard-cold cash to back it up. Well, a couple of things you have to look at. One, the league's shared revenue pool is going to continuously increase here, right? As streaming right. becomes more prevalent, uh, the Amazon Prime deal kicks in this year. So that's new money for the NFL. Uh, sports gambling revenue is going to kick in here too. And, the more, and as more states, including the state of Ohio, who will go online next January in 2023, uh, as more states come online with gam- uh, sports gambling, that, again, becomes more shared revenue and cash that gets distributed among the teams. So I, I, I will disagree with you about NFL owners right now being in trouble. I understand what you're saying about the escrow account. But I'm saying the, lo- the lower-end owners, the right. owners that don't have as much cash but as, as the guys that do. And here's why I disagree with you, because not only okay. is the revenue pool going to increase for these teams and the, act- the actual cold, hard cash that goes to them every year as, as, their, as you know their share – but they're going to change the rules, okay? The rules are going to get changed. Ah. That That's what's going to happen here um, because it is an antiquated rule. And, and 
I think the NFLPA will also be on board with that because the reason that rule was put in place was to protect the players from signing signing bad contracts and, and not you know uh, the owners not paying them right it, it basically okay. it, it, it's similar to collateral right you go for a loan the bank wants collateral uh, right you know well you don't need the collateral because you see uh, through the revenue streams the money that's going to each team okay uh, okay. So I think Mike Brown, you know, he will be among the owners. Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, will also be in that group. Because even after moving the Raiders to Las Vegas, Mark Davis is still, I think, one of the poorest owners in the NFL. But you're going to see some of these owners that don't have the deep pockets that the Haslam's have. And remember, the Haslam's. The reason the Haslam's have the deep pockets is because of the the sale of Pilot Flying J, uh, the eventual sale there to uh, Warren Buffett's company, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, right. Um, so that's you know the Haslam's have that that cash on hand, whereas as you mentioned, guys like Mike Brown, Mark Davis, you know Biscotti and Baltimore, they might not have. $250 million that they can afford to throw in an escrow account to guarantee all of these contracts that they have handed out. Um, but I think what will happen is, is that rule will get changed here in a year or two. So I'm not worried about the Bengals ability to retain Joe Burrow. I think that that absolutely hundred percent is going to happen. I think Biscotti will have the ability, if they can negotiate with Lamar Jackson and get something done, I think they will have the financial ability to keep him in Baltimore. It just has to, you know, it all depends whether or not Lamar wants to stay there long term. But I do think that that funding rule, that escrow funding rule, will ultimately get changed. And the reason why, again, is the league revenue. Uh, it just, it's amazing to me. The NFL continuously prints money. And they're going to continue printing money for years to come. You're going to see their their annual revenues continuously expand. So cash on hand is not going to be a problem even for some of these uh, less wealthier owners. All right, we're going to roll on with the money game. Also, some updates on some stories that we've been talking about on the podcast as well. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. And you are listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We love having you on board. Remember to tell your friends about it as well. What a great way to kind of hang out with us and, and hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on with the Browns and everything else that uh, that you love about this team and the NFL as well. And if you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. We love having you on board. All right, back with more of the money game and some updates on some other stories that we've been talking about. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We've been talking about money throughout the podcast, but Daryl, the Browns could spend trillions of dollars. That doesn't mean they're going to win a Super Bowl. And we've talked about the money that the Haslam's have had, and it's been great to have them uh, not have to ever have to worry about you know how much money this team's actually spending. Let's you know I talked about Art Modell before. Let's not forget what Cody Risen and and that uh, contract ended up doing Andre Risen, not Cody Risen. Andre Risen 
uh, that contract did to the franchise and, and how it sent it into a spiral. So I think as Browns fans, I sit here and say, wow, I'm, I'm glad we have the Haslam's here because we never worry about money. But money doesn't necessarily mean winning, and will it this time, Daryl? Well, I mean, uh, I said earlier that at some point the Haslam's are going to want to return on their investment, right? E- even when they went through that uh, rebuilding stretch where they basically burned the entire roster down, right? They went 4-44 and 44 over three years. The, the Browns were still spending uh, money. They were gathering salary cap space, but they were still spending money. You know, last year they, they were the top spenders in the NFL – and they didn't get to the playoffs. Uh, you can never question the Haslam's commitment. They will spend, and they've shown it, they will spend whatever it takes to win. Uh, nobody wants to win football games more than the Haslam ownership group. Okay, um, That is crystal clear. <laughs> they, they have been through enough pain of losing uh, over their tenure since taking over this team during the 2012 season that they are basically willing to spend whatever it takes to win. Uh, unfortunately, spending doesn't always guarantee victory. Uh, look at the New York Yankees in, in Major League Baseball. In fact, that they they have basically scaled back their payroll uh, quite a bit. Uh, part of it revenue-driven, but also the other part of it is they weren't winning World Series. It's been a little while, right. rock on wood, since the Yankees have won a World Series. And believe me, my heart breaks for those long-suffering Yankee fans, let me tell you. But, it's been so uh, bad. What a uh, drought. It's, it's, it's tough with all those trophies in the case. It's, it's, I, I just I don't know how that they're able to keep rooting for a bunch of losers that they, uh, they do. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it is no guarantee. But what it has done, when you look at the players that have been brought in, when you look at the money that has been spent, right, Deshaun Watson – they finally have an, a, a player with elite talent at that position. You know, when they were going through that rebuilding stretch, and even before that, when they were stuck in that 4-12, and 5-11, 3-13 quagmire, okay? Uh, yeah. I call it quicksand because it seemed like the harder they kicked and tried to get out of that, the deeper they fell. And they could never get out of it. And that's what ultimately led them to basically blowing up the entire roster uh, in uh, 2016 and just basically gutting the entire team. Because, yeah, they, they had some, some average players. They had some good players on really bad teams. But they had no elite talent. They were completely devoid. Outside of Joe Thomas, they had no elite talent. Your elite player was your left tackle. And no disrespect to Joe, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But that just doesn't cut it. You need a, you need an elite pass rusher. You need elite cover corners. You need an elite quarterback. You need an elite wide receiver. You need an elite running back. Well, you look at the Browns roster right now, Andy, right? Uh, right. Elite corner, Denzel Ward, check. Elite pass rusher, Miles Garrett, check. Elite wide receiver, Amari Cooper, check. Elite running back, Denzel Ward and Kareem Hunt, check and check. Elite quarterback, the last piece of the puzzle was elite quarterback. They didn't have that. Now they do. Check. So, yes, they have spent a ton of money. 
But each one of those positions, and I'll, you know what? David Njoku isn't an elite player yet. Keyword, yet. But the contract that they gave him and that he will sign is, going, is a projection of an elite player. They're projecting that he's going to become an elite player at his position, right? So when you right. look at roster building 101 and what's required to win a Super Bowl, where do you need elite premier talent? Five years ago, the Browns didn't have a single player at those positions. And then they drafted Miles Garrett first overall in 2017. And there began the process of having elite players at key positions. Denzel Ward followed, right? Uh, they had to trade. They, they uh, drafted uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, they ended up uh, signing uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, they ended up uh, trading for Amari Cooper, right? So when you look at just how this roster has been assembled over the last four to five years and the elite talent that's been brought in, and it's a big reason why they took the risk and and brought in Deshaun Watson with that baggage that he has. They knew when they examined their roster, the missing piece was, yeah, we have the elite cornerstones at all these positions except one quarterback. And Deshaun Watson was the best uh, and most reasonable available to them, right? Elite player at that position. So they sat in that front office and said, hey, man, we lose the guy for four or six or eight games. Okay, it's it's worth it because now we're gonna ha- we're setting ourselves up to have an elite player at that position for the next five to ten years, and mm-hmm. that is ultimately what the Cleveland Browns needed. So when you look at all this money they've spent, Andy, they have spent it on elite players at their respective positions, and that's why, in my view, uh, they got to go out and show it. But it, from my standpoint. The Browns are Super Bowl contenders. They really are. Uh, in my view, they were Super Bowl contenders last year. They just didn't go out and do it on the field. They didn't. They got to go out. You got to win the games between the lines. But the Haslam's have given Andrew Berry the resources necessary to to not only assemble the the elite talent that's required to compete for Super Bowls, but to retain them long term. And that's what you've seen Andrew Berry do this offseason. It's funny we're talking about all this, you know, all the money's there, all the money's there. And then you get to Baker Mayfield and the story from last week uh, with the Carolina Panthers that the Browns just didn't want to pay in as much as uh, the Panthers wanted to pay about 5 to $6 million trade that could have happened on draft night. And the Browns were like, now forget that. And, you know, when you work it out there for Baker Mayfield, I kept thinking about Colin Kaepernick working out with the Raiders last week going, oh, well, here's another quarterback you can throw into the mix um, with – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo that muddies up the water as far as trying to trade Baker Mayfield. I, I just I, I don't see a world where they're going to cut him. In fact, I saw a couple of headlines where um, some folks are reporting that the, the Browns said they will not cut Baker Mayfield, and, and I don't blame them. I don't think there's any reason for them to cut him right now, especially if another team needs a quarterback. The Browns will be there, and they've got this other guy that's kind of just sitting there. I don't know that it's super healthy for chatter inside the locker room, but – Guys in the locker room need to be worried about getting this team winning, and if you're lucky enough to be on the field, then you got to make it happen and not worry about somebody who's not playing. So I, I just 
again, we sit here in limbo with Baker Mayfield, and I think the Browns are doing this right, and I think they just need to wait, wait for another team that needs a quarterback. And if he is on the roster, he's on the roster. That doesn't mean he's playing. That doesn't mean that he has to take reps in, in practice. That you know Whether he chooses to show up for practice or not uh, and not get paid, that's on him. So your thoughts on that? Well, the roster spot right now just doesn't matter. Uh, there, there is no hurry. Where that roster spot will start to matter in regards to Baker Mayfield will be uh, at the end of August when they have to get down to the first 53-man roster. Then that roster spot becomes something that Andrew Barry has to worry about. Right now where the rosters are at 90, who cares? And you're right. They're not cutting Baker Mayfield. We've been telling you they're not cutting Baker Mayfield. I don't know why all of a sudden this is news. That the Browns aren't going to cut Baker Mayfield. We've been, I know. We, we've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks. The Cleveland Browns are not going to cut Baker Mayfield if they have to pay him, uh, which they will. They're going to have to pay uh, a lot of that $18.858 million. Um, th- they're going to. But Andrew Berry is going to get something for him. That, that, that is just his position in this. His job, we've talked about it, is to maximize the asset. As far as... Uh, how Colin Kaepernick muddies the waters. Look, I think Jimmy Garoppolo muddies the waters more than Colin Kaepernick does, okay? Sure. Uh, I, I, And again, this is no disrespect to Colin, but I think the ship, look, the ship has sailed for him, unfortunately. What happened to him was absolutely reprehensible and wrong, the way the NFL basically blackballed him which is why he got the settlement that he did. I, I think the workouts of him right now, it's, it's performance art. And nobody does performance art better than the National Football League, okay? Um, and, uh, and again, that's no disrespect to Colin. I just I don't see a team signing him. Look at over the last four to five years, Andy, since he's been on the open market as a free agent. Look at all the quarterbacks who have been have been signed, who have seen game action, who quite frankly should never see an NFL field again in front of Colin Kaepernick. It's not it's just it's not going to happen. And I, I honestly feel bad that he continues to be used as this pawn, as in see, look, we're we're giving him a legitimate shot. We gave him a workout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> I, I I just I can't buy into that. Good for the Raiders. You met your you you met your performance art quota for the offseason by giving Colin Kaepernick a meaningless workout. Um, sign him. How about that? If you want to make a statement, sign the guy. Otherwise, I think it's all disingenuous performance art. That's just that's just how I feel about it. I think that. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers reminding people that, oh, by the way, we still want to trade Jimmy G to somebody this offseason. I think that he is miles in front of the quarterback line than uh, Colin Kaepernick. Baker Mayfield is going to be traded for before Colin Kaepernick gets signed. Um I think Josh McCown, who's been, who's now retired, has a better chance of being signed by an NFL team than Colin Kaepernick does. And again, I'm not taking shots at Colin. It's just I feel that is just how I feel 
where reality is right now. Yeah, Colin might get well, another workout or two. I think that's, that's yeah, just the I whole just, thing. I don't see teams signing Colin Kaepernick. I see teams using Colin Kaepernick and saying, see, we're ge- we gave him a chance. We worked him out. We just, you know, we, we didn't like him enough to sign him, but we didn't work him out. See, look at me. We, we gave him a workout. Um, I, 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 I just, I don't see it happening. The team, you know, obviously in minicamp now, non-mandatory minicamp, um, and they speak on Also Wednesdays. known as OTA. this is my final question for you. Uh, do you think we will hear from Deshaun Watson on any of these Wednesdays? That's no. my last question for you. Nope. No reason to. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't know that it benefits – it doesn't benefit anybody. It is interesting to hear how when training day, camp, Yeah, when training camp gets here, I, I we'll mean, have I, to hear from him. But yeah. I don't think we'll hear from him until then. I, I really don't. Um, I just – I don't think it benefits him. I don't think it benefits – uh, his situation and uh, the civil action stuff that he's still going through, there's there's nothing to gain for him uh, by him, I should say, uh, by him talking. So uh, would it be nice to hear from him? Absolutely. And it's, uh, again, uh, disappointing. You can't put your uh, new face of the franchise uh, out there uh, in front of reporters uh, to help sell those jerseys and that. You got to kind of keep them quiet right now. Um, and understandably so. I'm not, again, to be clear, I'm not criticizing the Browns for not putting him uh, out there. I, I, I respect and understand right. why they're not. I don't expect to hear from him, though, until training camp. Maybe maybe there's a sliver of chance that we hear from him during uh, minicamp. But conventionally, in, in a normal scenario, we would have heard from him already. We would hear from him during uh, minicamp. And then we would obviously hear from him right out of the gate uh, with training camp. But because of uh, what is going on with the civil action, his media availability will be bare minimum right now. I hear you. All right, he's Daryl Ryder for our producer, Meredith Kane. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Uh, next, uh, The next edition will drop on Thursday, so we look forward to uh, talking to you again a little bit later in the week. Again, if you like what you're hearing, Remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed, and you can always join us at Game Day CLE. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.